Alright folks, I'm going to do another uh, podcast, whatever you want to call it, because this white horse fucking theme is just fucking crazy, okay? This theme is fucking <sighs> all right list of winged horses in mythology the ancient pegasus is a mythological winged horse like i keep saying jesus and pegasus were best friends okay the hippolectrion is a half horse half rooster hybrid depicted in ancient greek art deva Dutta, Devadutta, I don't know how, Devadutta, is the winged flying white horse of Kalki in Hinduism bestowed by the god Shiva. This is what I'm saying. How the fuck do we all have these fucking... Okay, now, in Islam, Al-Burak was a myth mythical steed who carried the prophet muhammad tianma was a winged celestial horse in chinese folklore tian tian shan tian yeah right the the heavenly horse the fergana horse the blood sweating horses luke 22:44 blood sweating horses okay a Kian Lima is a mythical winged horse which originates from the Chinese classics. In Islamic tradition, Hai Zum is the horse of the Archangel Gabriel. I did not know that one. But I always liked uh, Gabriel, Michael, those, those Archangels. Fucking. In Islamic tradition, Hai Zum is the horse of the Archangel Gabriel. It is a white, flaming, spiritual horse that has wings like that of a pegasus and can fly swiftly from one cosmic plane to another in a second. Hyzum was God's gift to Gabriel for pleasing him. Hmm, it's interesting because uh, this white horse thing is all over, man. Even the fucking... Okay. I'm just gonna fucking keep reading. Tolpar is a winged or swift horse in Turkic mythology. Uchai, okay. Uchai Shravas is a winged, is a white winged horse described in Hindu scriptures as one of the supernatural beings which emerged from the churning of the ocean of milk. What does that sound like? Huh? <laughs> what does What does the churning of the ocean of milk sound like, mister? Alright, uh, now. Check this out. So, you know, white horse stuff. So then I came across Westbury or Bratton White Horse is a hill figure on the escarpment of Salisbury Plain east of Westbury in Wiltshire, England 
okay? Now, let me give you a little background story of this, okay? Now, where was I? Um, anyways, I was reading up on the background of this story. A white horse was a white horse was stranded Okay now. Yeah, during the eighteenth century the white horse was a heraldic symbol associated with the new British royal family, the House of Han over and it is argued by some scholars that Westbury white horse may have first been carved in the early 18th century as a symbol of loyalty to the new Protestant reigning house so the house of Han over right do we all know what that's about right now right <laughs> Uh, if you go look at the House of Hanover, the arms, the, the, the thingy, the shield, it's got a white horse on there. Remember that uh, the British royal family comes from the Hanovers, who are German, right? They're German blood. Now, if they're from Germania... <laughs> Right? If we look at uh, other white horse. <laughs> oh my god, you can't even make this shit up. It all makes sense though. It all makes sense though. It all makes sense now. In my opinion, I think these. I mean. Anyways, I'm just gonna. Okay. So then, okay, I looked up the White Horse of Hanover was introduced into the Royal Arms in 1714 when the crown of Great Britain passed to the Elector George of Hanover. This grandson of Elizabeth Stuart, sister of King Charles I, became George I, King of Great Britain and Ireland. The shield shows the Leopards of England and the Lion of Scotland in the first quarter, the Fleur-de-Lis of France in the second, and the Irish Harp in the third quarter. The fourth quarter shows the arms of Hanover. Okay, now, um, you can look up the whole how. Okay, now, so then, so this is I got this from the Queen there's this thing called the Queen's Beasts okay the Queen's Beasts are 10 heraldic statues representing the genealogy of Queen Elizabeth II depicted as the royal supporters of England they stood in front of the temporary western annex of Westminster Abbey for the Queen's coronation in 1953 Okay, these are literally fucking statues of animals. Okay, the okay now origins. There are ten heraldic beasts of very 
of a very like sort uh, at Hampton Court Palace near London. They were restored at the beginning of the 20th century, but were, but were derived from originals made in 1536-37 for King Henry VIII and his third wife, Jane Seymour, and are known as the King's Beasts. Beauty and the Beast... They are carved in stone and each sits erect, supporting a shield upon which there is a coat of arms or a heraldic badge. We all come from animistic, shamanistic origins. Shivalingas, erecting stones, carved stones, okay? From the beasts themselves and the emblems which they carry on their shields, it is evident that they stood for King Henry and his third queen, Jane Seymour. Yeah, okay. In the autumn of 1952, the Minister of Works, in preparation for the coronation some months ahead. Anyways, I'm just going to read uh, the different animals. The Lion of England is the crowned golden lion of england okay so lions are not indigenous to england just so you know which has been one of the supporters of the royal royal arms since the reign of edward the fourth it supports a shield showing the arms of the blah 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 whatever what i'm trying to get to is all these different okay there's a Lion, there's a white greyhound of Richmond, there's the Yale of Beaufort, the red dragon of Wales. What the fuck is a red dragon, hmm? What is a red dragon? The white horse of Hanover, the white lion of Mortimer, the unicorn of Scotland, the griffin of Edward III, the black bull of Clarence, the Falcon of the Plantagenets. Okay, now let me go to Yale. That blew my mind. I, I did not know this. The Yale or Centicore is a mythical beast found in European mythology and heraldry. Isn't it f just interesting that there's a university called Yale University? I wonder why. The Yale is described as an antelope or goat-like creature with the tusks of a boar and large horns. These horns possess the ability to swivel in any direction, which makes them good for both offensive and defensive attacks. The name Yale is believed to be derived from the Hebrew word Yael, meaning ibex. There you go. Other, either you went to Yale or Oxford, right? Where they, okay, where they, it was a fjord where they sold oxes, right? Cows, bovine, other common names this creature parades under is eels or centicores. The Yale was first written about Pliny the Elder in book eight of his natural history. He describes the eel as a creature found in Ethiopia. It is the size of the river horse, has the tail of the elephant, and is of a black or tawny color. 
It has also the jaws of the wild boar and horns that are movable and more than a cubit in length so that in fighting it can employ them alternately and vary their position by presenting them directly or obliquely according as necessity may dictate. After its first mention in this book, the creature moved into medieval bestiaries and heraldry where it represents proud defense. Heraldic symbol. The Yale represents characteristics of both bravery in action and peace in non-war times. I mean, or just saying, all these elite universities over here have British royal bloodlines flowing in them, which produce the presidents of what of America? The House of Han is alive and well. Biden almost looks Asian, doesn't he? It's from some angles, he almost looks like an old Asian dude. There is no white race. The invention of the white race. Okay? The House of Hanover. The House of Han. The House of Han. Okay? As such, the Yale is among the herald- heraldic beasts used by the British royal family. It was used as a supporter for the arms of John, Duke of Bedford, and by England's House of Beaufort. Blah, blah, blah. I don't care. It's, it's just... Look, man. <laughs> Somewhere along the line, I guarantee you, if you look up the history of the Huns, or the Hans... It's uh, it's very interesting. Okay, uh, let me read this one, the Indian one. In Hinduism, Uch Chai Shravas um, is a seven-headed flying horse created during the churning of the milk ocean. Volcano? But why the seven-headed flying horse? I don't get it, man. Like, or I mean, this is this is like shamanism, but like, it is considered the best of horses, the prototype and the king of the horses. Uchai Shravas is often described as a vahana vehicle of Indra, the king of the gods, but is also recorded to be the horse of Bali, the king of the Asuras, which means demons. Uchai Shravas is said to be snow white in color. Snow white and the seven doors. In literature, the Mahabharata mentions that Uchai Shravas rose from the Samudra Manthana, churning of the milk ocean. And Indra, the god king of heaven, seized it and made it his vehicle. The stallion rose from the ocean along with other treasures like goddess Lakshmi, the goddess of fortune, who chose Vishnu as her consort, and the Amrita, the elixir of life. The legend of Uchaishravas arising from the milk ocean also appears in the Vishnu Purana, the the Ramayana, the Matsya Purana, the Vayu Purana, etc. While various scriptures give different lists of treasures uh, 
of those appeared from the churning of the ocean of milk, most of them agree that Uchaishravas was one of them. Anyways, um, another one I wanted to... Well, this is interesting. Kalki, also called Kalkin or Karki, is the prophesied prophesied 10th and final incarnation of the Hindu god Vishnu. He is described to appear in order to end the Kali Yuga, one of the four periods in the endless cycle of existence in Vaishnava cosmology. The end of the Kali Yuga states this will usher in the new epoch of Satya Yuga, in the cycle of existence until the Mahapralaya, dissolution of the universe. Now, this uh, final, tenth and final incarnation of the Hindu god Vishnu as Kalki, guess what he's riding? This motherfucker riding a white horse. He's riding a white horse. Interesting. The name Kalki is derived from Kal, which means time, Kali Yuga. The original term may have been Karki, white, from the horse, which morphed into Kalki. This, propo this proposal is supported by two versions of Mahabharata manuscripts that have been found where the Sanskrit verses name the incarnation to be Karki. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Like, it was basically the the people on the horses who came down from the mountains to the plains that fucked shit up, right? Genghis Khan, the Mongol Empire was the biggest empire in the world, in history. Okay, Hindu text. Kalki is an avatar of Vishnu. Avatar means descent and refers to a descent of the divine into the material realm of human existence. The Garuda Purana lists ten incarnations. Interesting. Ten commandments, ten incarnations. With Kalki being the tenth. He is described as the incarnation who appears at the end of the Kali Yuga. He ends the darkest degenerating and chaotic stage of the Kali Yuga period to remove Adharma and ushers in the Satya Yuga while riding a white horse with a fiery sword. Look at that. What the fuck did Revelation talk how Jesus would come back? Flaming sword. Jesus and the flaming sword at the east gate. Isn't that interesting? Even in, in, in Genesis, God set up an angel with a flaming sword at the entrance of the gate. Isn't that interesting? Anyways. Right, so that verse, which one was that? Revelation 19, 15 to 16. From his mouth comes a sharp sword... Blah, blah, blah. No. What's that one? I did a video on that one too. The, 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 
the flaming sword is basically the tongue. The horse's tongue, apparently. Okay. Uh, with a white horse with a fiery sword, he restarts a new cycle of time. He is described as a Brahmin warrior in the Puranas. Okay. I could keep going, but going off of this white horse, fiery sword, 10th incarnation, blah, 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 ending of the Kali Yuga to usher in the new epoch of Satya Yuga. Okay? Now. <laughs> now. I just think it's very interesting if you look up White Horse Song Korea. <laughs> I you can't make this shit up, man. You cannot. <laughs> you cannot make this shit up, man. What is going on, man? I don't know, man. What is going on? <laughs> I have no idea, man. None of this shit makes any sense. You look up White Horse Song from Korea. Dude, I, I don't know what's going on, man. Either these um, elite class are just having a field day with all of us. I don't know, man, because uh, <laughs> it just feels like, so all these lists of white horses, so Greece, India, so Islam, so all the countries with Islam, China, right, and then you have Turkey, right, so these places with the... You know, mythical fly, flying white horse symbolism, which if taken as um, shamanism. And then you add in all the fucking mountain uh, symbolism and fire mountain symbolism. It's just, uh, it's just. Well, the horses had to come from somewhere, right? Where did horses come from? Hmm. Anyways, I'm. It's it's just crazy, man. Like, cause this whole white horse theme. Even the Tibetans have it. Even it's like. I shared a video on the thing with the giant, apparently the some myths saying that humans came to this planet on a giant flying white horse. So, if we're talking about from the spiritual realm, let's say, so that means whatever these gods are, energy, packets of energy, packets of consciousness that are in this spiritual dimension, realm, whatever you want to call it, that want to have some fun in this 
physical dimension, material realm, that basically... I don't know, man. It's it's like if we're talking about shamanism, then okay. If I'm trying to picture it as archetypes, then if animals can catch rabies, and if you watch fuckers that have rabies, they basically look demon possessed. They basically look like zombies, right? So if humans can get possessed, if animals can get possessed, then obviously um, this is the thing. In Genesis, the, the Garden of Eden is here on this planet. Okay, new heaven and new earth are on the same planet. It's just in a different dimension, different realm. Now you can visit these different realms using different things. But then, these stories happening in these different realms are different, have different meanings from, well, I mean, I guess not really, because it's, it's a two-way process, so, hmm, I mean, really, all the symbolism you can actually point it back to the source most of it to uh, nomadic shamanic uh, animistic yeah it's just basically it's, it's not that difficult to see the symbolism go from nomadic nature outside to city inside the church building symbolism what was outside, they just brought it inside. That's all, I think. Um, but I will say that these two dimensions do exist at the same time because they do. I've experienced them. So I'm just saying. This whole white horse thing, I'm going to have to look some more into it because I think there might be some connection with, well, that's what I was trying to figure out, what the connection is with, um, I think there's a connection with volcanoes, um, I don't know what the connection is, but I'm gonna well it could just be well if a volcano goes off and if you have a horse <laughs> you're gonna say jesus take the wheel and get on that horse then rather than try to run on your own two feet right like there's your flying white horse or whatever i mean it got your ass out of danger maybe so that's why it's the magic flying horse because it's save he saved your life man Jesus H. Christ saved your life. Alright. Till next time. Peace.